Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. The demands of our living faith. And when we say the demand of our living faith, what are we talking about? We're talking about the requirement of faith that works. In other words, faith requires certain things for it to work. Because you say, I believe God does not mean that things will begin to fall in place for you. There are certain things that have to be in place for that particular faith to produce results. When we're talking about uh, the demand of our faith, we're talking about the prerequisite, the things that must be in place, the things that must happen first before living faith can begin to produce the results. So we're talking about demands of living faith. Number three, we're talking about the conditions under which our faith operates. Your faith does not just operate anyhow. There is a condition that must be in place for that faith to begin to produce results. For those of us who have ever been into farming or who have ever farmed or planted anything, you know that you don't just throw the seed in the ground and the seed will grow. No. There are certain things that have to be put in place. There are certain conditions that have to be met. There are certain preparations that you have to make for that seed to go into the ground and then to germinate. And the same thing when it comes to faith. Conditions for a working faith is what we mean by the demand for our faith. Because we must understand that certain conditions must be in place to produce the desired result that we want from faith. And when those conditions are absent, what you will find is that when those conditions are absent, you will find that our faith will not deliver. Faith will not deliver when the conditions are not met. Now, it is one thing to know what our faith demands from us before it can deliver. It's another thing for you to understand why faith makes demands on you. The seed of the tomato that you want to plant, why does the seed require a particular condition before it will grow? Why? Is it because the tomato wants to give you a hard time? No. It just means that there are certain things that must be in place before the tomato seed will grow. And so why does our faith demand something from us? Why does faith require specific things from us? My brothers and sisters, number one, your faith requires specific things because faith does not operate in a vacuum. Faith does not operate in a vacuum. That's why it makes a demand on you. Something has to be present. Faith must work with something to produce results. Faith does not work in a vacuum. Our faith does not work in isolation. It must combine with something else. It must combine with a particular activity so that our faith can produce what you want it to produce. Number two, our faith makes a demand or not because faith is built on a solid foundation. You cannot have a life of faith without a particular kind of foundation because the faith needs something to sit upon. Faith needs something to be able to rest upon. And when you give it that particular kind of foundation, you find out that the faith is able to produce. But when that foundation is not there, when you try to exercise faith, faith is looking for where to stand and there's nowhere to stand. 
And because our faith sits on a solid foundation, our faith demands that those foundations must be in place if you are going to see the results of that faith. And number three, our faith demands, make demands on us because faith grows in a very, very specific environment. You cannot say that I want healing and you live in an environment of sickness. You cannot say I want prosperity and you live in an environment of what? An environment where poverty rules. You cannot say, yes, I want friends and you are staying in a place that people are abusing one another. There has to be specific conditions for the faith to produce the results that you want it to produce. And that is why faith makes demands on us. And because our faith only grows under specific conditions, our faith demands that those conditions must be in place if it will generate a result. A student that wants to pass cannot pass in an environment where people are not studying. Cannot pass in an environment where people are not paying attention to the subject. They cannot pass in an environment that is always partying and always involved in festivities. No! For you to get the desired grade that you want, you need to create the environment to produce that grade. The same thing. If you want to get the result of faith, you need to create the environment for that faith to grow. That's why we want to understand. We must understand those things that, that our faith demands from us. But like I said, some of us might say, yes, I understand that faith does not work in a vacuum. I understand that faith requires a solid foundation. I understand that faith grows under specific condition. I get all that. But the question is, why do I have to understand the demand of that faith for that faith to work for me? Why do I have to understand the demand of faith for faith to work for me? Why do I have to understand the condition of the soil before tomatoes can grow for me? Why? Why do I have to understand as a student that I have to be in a place where people are studying for me to pass? Why do I have to understand that? My brothers and sisters, before we go into the details, I want to look at something in the book of Matthew chapter 17. Jesus Christ went on the mountain and took three of his disciples with him. He took Peter, John, and James, his brother. And when they got there, the Bible says that Jesus was transfigured in their presence. And they actually had a visitation of Elijah, and they had a visitation of Moses. And the Bible tells us that they were having such a good time. Peter said, don't let us leave this place. Let's make a tabernacle. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While Jesus was on the mountain top, another thing was happening at the foot of the mountain. The Bible said that the disciples that Jesus Christ left there, they were having a challenge with an individual. And that individual is a man that had a demonic son who was throwing himself in the fire, throwing himself in the water. And he brought the son to the disciples. And the Bible says that as he brought the son to the disciples, the disciples tried to pray for that boy or tried to cast out the demon, but the demon would not go. The demon was so stubborn that he refused to go. As hard as the disciples tried, they had no success. The Bible now tells us that when Jesus finally came down, the father now approached, approached our Lord Jesus Christ and presented his case to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible makes us to understand as usual, Jesus Christ casted out the demon and everybody was happy. But that was not the end of the story. I want you to now look at what happened in verse number 19. The Bible says that after the man had gone, the disciples now came to Jesus Christ. And we'll pick up the story from verse number 19. The Bible said, then the disciples came to Jesus privately. Which means the man with the issue has gone. His son has been healed and they are gone. He said, the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Why is it that you came, you spoke to the demon, the demon left? But we have been struggling with this thing and the demon refused to go. Why could we not cast it out? 
The disciples were basically asking the Lord Jesus Christ, how come we failed in this particular job? Why is it that we are ineffective? Why is our faith not working? Why is our faith not delivering the results that we want? Why? Why did our faith not deliver the desired result for us? This is the same question a lot of people are asking in the church. Men in the church are saying to themselves, we have prayed like everyone. We have fasted like everyone. We brought the anointing oil. We prayed on water. We did everything we're supposed to do, but yet our faith is not producing. Why? Why is our faith not delivering the results that we want? You see, my brothers and sisters, what you must understand is that there is a demand that the faith makes upon you that you must understand. And when you do not understand the demand of that faith, and you do not produce what the faith requires for you to walk, frustration will take place. That's what happened to disciples. They did not understand the demand of their faith, and that was why they were frustrated, because they could not cast it out. Number two, when we do not know what we must put in place for our faith to produce results, we will always end up disappointed. It's not how long you pray. It is how well you do it. So when you do not understand what your faith requires to function, you will be disappointed all the time. When we do not understand what our faith demands, we'll become angry and we'll become bitter at God, at the church, at the pastor. Because at the end of the day, you are not seeing what you are expected to see. You are not getting the result that you want to get. And then the next thing you say, all those pastors are lying to us. They are not telling us the truth. You become angry and you become bitter when you do not understand what your faith demands. If you continue in that condition, if our faith continues to fail and our faith continues not to produce results, you will find out that hope in our life, hope for salvation, hope for healing, hope for deliverance, hope will begin to die and will end up losing faith if we don't take time. That's what happens when you don't see the result of your faith. When you don't see the benefits of your faith. When you pray concerning an issue and the results are not coming, there is a strong probability if the situation continues for a long time, you begin to lose hope. And that's why the Bible says that hope deferred make the heart to faint. You get tired. You don't want to do it anymore. You don't have the motivation to come to church anymore. You don't have the motivation to seek the face of God. And the question is that what does your faith demand to make it work? What does the faith demand to make it work? I want you to go back to that Matthew chapter 17. And then we are going to read from verse number 19 again. The Bible says, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? Why could we not cast it out? Verse number 20, Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly I say to you, If you have faith as a mustard seed, You will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, And it will move, And nothing will be impossible unto you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. In that verse of the scripture is loaded all the secret, the secret of result-producing faith. The Lord is sharing with his disciples the secret of the faith that gets answered. And here you will see the first thing the Lord Almighty said, the first demand that our faith makes on us is the demand for possession. The demand for possession. Jesus said, because of your unbelief, I say unto you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, he said, if you have faith, I want you to notice that Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's not talking to anybody. 
He's talking to the people who are with him. He's talking to people who have been walking with him. People who have heard him preach. People who have seen him do miracles. The same people he has sent out to go and minister to other people. He said, if you have faith. If you have faith. So faith makes a demand. The first demand that he makes on us is the demand for possession. Number two. The Lord Jesus Christ told us that your faith will make a demand of declaration. He said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain. So faith is not general. Faith is very specific. You have to say, you have to open your mouth and say, and that's why when we are praying, we say, open your mouth and pray. Yes, the Lord knows what's in your heart, but he expects you to say what you have. He said, I will establish the fruit of your lip. So your faith makes a demand for declaration. A demand of declaration upon you. You have to first of all possess that faith. Then you declare that faith. Our Lord is saying, it is not enough for you to just possess it. It's not enough for you to have it in your heart. You must declare the faith for it to deliver. Because what you don't declare, you don't possess. Lord is saying that your faith for it to deliver you have to declare. It makes a demand of declaration on you. You have to speak something out. The third demand of our living faith uh, that our Lord revealed to his disciple is the demand for direction. You don't make a faith declaration all over the place. It has to be specific. Jesus said, if you will say to this mountain, so your mountain might be sickness. Your mountain might be that of relationship. Your mountain might be your job. It might be promotion. Whatever it is, if you say to this mountain, you have to give your faith direction. You have to give your faith specificity and say, this is what I am looking up to you for. It has to be specific. There has to be a demand for direction. You have to give your faith where it should go. Our Lord is saying, you must direct your faith to something specific. Say to this mountain before it will deliver. Because what you don't direct will be diverted. When you are praying and your mind is all over the place, you just say, Lord, bless me, Lord, bless me. What is the blessing that you are looking for? What are you asking for? What do you want from me? And that's why Jesus, anytime he sees somebody and wants to do miracles in their life, he asks them, what do you want from me? Be very specific. Your faith is demanding for direction for it to produce. The fourth demand that the Lord Jesus Christ told his disciples that faith requires is the demand for discipline. He said, you say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible unto you. You know what the Lord is saying? When you give direction to your faith, you must be disciplined enough that you are not going up and down. The Bible says in the book of James, a double-minded man should not expect to receive anything. You cannot be going up and down and expect to get results. You have to be disciplined enough when you are praying to say, this is what I want. You must have the discipline not to doubt, not to change your mind every second. Because as long as we are disciplined to remain focused, the mountain will move and nothing will be impossible. When you remain focused, when you remain targeted, the mountain will be bound to move because you are not changing your mind, you are not going back and forth. And finally, the Lord said, the demand for our faith is the demand for exercise. Physical exercise, spiritual exercise. What do I mean by that? It means that you have to engage the faith. Look at verse number 21 of that Matthew 17. It says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. A lot of people make declaration of faith. But that declaration of faith is not backed up by prayer. It's not backed up by fasting. It's not backed up by any form of exercise. You are just saying it, but you are not doing anything about it. 
You are just saying it, but you are not giving that particular faith the platform to operate. You are not giving it the strength and the energy that it needs to be able to move forward. Your faith that will produce results demands exercise from you. Our Lord is saying it is not enough for you to possess the faith. It is not enough for you to declare the faith. It is not enough for you to direct the faith. You must also exercise your faith. You must engage that faith. Because you must put that faith to work. Because the faith that is not exercised, the faith that you do not put to work, is a faith that will not produce any result for you. Now, many of us understand this demand. It's not What I'm telling you is not new. You have done it. Many of us have been practicing the demand of faith for years. We know how to declare our faith. We know how to direct our faith. We know how to talk about our faith. We fast every Wednesday. At the end of every month, we do that three days program where we fast and pray. We know how to do all this thing. The issue with our faith is what we see in verse number 20 of Matthew chapter 17. The Bible says, So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing shall be impossible for you. And this is where we have the issue. That is where the issue comes. You see, many are declaring and are trying to exercise what they do not have. Notice what Jesus said. He said, if you have faith. He's talking to his disciples. The people he has sent out to go and heal. The people he has sent out to go and minister. But he said, if you have faith. So when Jesus said, if you have faith, what was he talking about? Let me suggest to you that Jesus was talking about the possession of the gift of faith that comes only from the Almighty God through His Word. He said that the gift of faith which comes from God does not have to be big to do great things. All you need is to receive that gift of God. And the gift comes through the Word of God. And you see that in the book of Romans chapter 10 verse 17. It says, so then faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God. If you have faith, in other words, for you to have that particular faith, you need, number one, to engage in the Word of God. Because that's where the faith comes from. It is the Bible that tells you that you can be healed. It is the Bible that tells you that you can be delivered. It is the Bible that tells you you can prosper. It is the one that says that you know, whatever disease that is upon the Jesus will not come upon you. The promises of the Almighty God are contained in the Word of God. You cannot have faith to believe those promises unless you engage the Word. For our faith to deliver on his promises, we must first of all possess, you must first of all know what God has made available for you. For that thing to begin to come to life in your life. For you to say, yes, the Lord said I'm going to be healed. You must first of all know that the healing provision has been made available for you. If you say, pastor is going to give me a thousand dollars, you have to first of all know that I have promised to give a thousand dollars for you to expect it. If you don't know that I promise you, you can't expect it. You have to first of all know you have to possess the gift of faith for the gift of faith to deliver for you. That is where the issue is. And the gift of faith comes. You possess that gift by what? By hearing the word of God. For our faith to deliver on the promise, we must first possess the gift of faith which comes by the hearing of the word of God. And that is why any good thing, if you look all through the scriptures, any good things that happen in the scripture. All the Bible characters in the scripture. Before they do anything that is worth talking about, you will notice one characteristic among them. God speaks to them. 
The word of God first comes to them before they do anything. Abraham, before he became the father of many nations, received the word. If you look all through the scripture, the word of God always comes first before the things begin to happen. Before the characters in the scripture do anything we're talking about, they always have an encounter with the word of God. The reason is because faith that produces results in our lives demands an encounter with the word of God. The word of God is what gives you faith. As soon as you open the scripture and and you see in the Bible, God says, I will not put the disease of the Egyptians upon you. Say, is that so? Then I can believe God I will not be sick. I can believe God for provision. I can believe God for preservation. I can believe God for promotion. Because God has said it. And the only way you knew God said it is when you have an encounter with the world. That was why before the children of Israel were able to possess the promised land, Before they were able to conquer the promised land. The Lord spoke to Joshua. And the Lord gave Joshua very interesting instructions. Look at Joshua chapter 1. Reading from verse number 8. The Bible tells us there. Before Joshua was supposed to march into the promised land. The Lord told him. He said the book of the law. Which means the word of God. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then will you make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Look at the progression. You must first of all, the book of the law must first of all remain with you. You meditate upon it. You do what it says. And then you see the results. The problem is that we are trying to reverse the order. We are trying to see the results before we meditate on the word. I'm going to say, okay, you can continue doing it, but it's not going to work. You get the idea. You can continue to try to manipulate your way, but you are not going to get the word. From this verse of the scripture, God is saying to Joshua, I said, look here, Joshua. Before you can process the promised land, before you can begin to get the result that I have promised you, you need to first of all encounter the word that will give you the faith that you need to possess that land. That's what the Bible is saying. You must first of all let the word remain in you. Keep the word with you if you want to succeed. Number two, he's saying, declare the word. This book of the Lord should not depart from your mouth. You have to say it. You have to continue to remind the children of Israel, God has given you the land. God has given you the land. And as you keep saying it, faith is built up in you. Number three, he said, meditate upon the word of God. Think about what I told you. I said, I'm going to give you that land. I will give it to you. I said, I'm going to give you the places that you have not built. I will give it to you. He said, meditate upon the word. And as you meditate upon the word, begin to act upon that word. Practice the word. Because when you begin to meditate upon the word, faith is built up inside of you. And as faith is built inside of you, you are able to practice the word. He said, it is when you do all that, that is when you can now go, cross over the Jordan, and begin to possess the land. Because you have encountered the word that has built faith in your heart. And God is saying the same thing to us this morning. God is saying that the faith that will deliver the promise of God for you this year, the faith that will deliver the promise of God for your family, for your life, for your job, demands an encounter with the word of God. You need to see what God has said concerning what you are trusting him for. The problem is that in the church, many of us don't like to read the Bible. We don't like to meditate on the word of God. If we begin to find out what, how many verses of scriptures did you read this past week, this past month, this past year, 
Very few people read the Bible. Very few people meditate upon the word. Very few people actually study the word of God to get insight from it. Very few people even engage the word of God to test and see if the word is good. No wonder we are not seeing the results. Because one thing I want you to understand is this. Everything that God does in your life, in my life, is on the basis of his word. Everything he does is on the basis of his word. The Bible says that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. The word of God is what establishes our testimony. The Lord is saying this morning, the faith that will deliver God's promises for your life, for your family, for your career, for your relationship, is the faith that demands you to encounter the word of God. Encounter with the word of God. The question is, how do you encounter the word of God? How do you encounter the word of God that produces faith in your life? How do we encounter the faith producing word? Read John chapter 1. We want to read from verse number 12. The Bible says, but as many as receive him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in his name. Verse number 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. My brothers and sisters, we encounter faith producing word by first of all exposing ourselves to the word of God. He said, as many as receive him. You can't receive him unless you are exposed to him. The word of God that produces faith in your life, you must expose yourself to it. There has to be number one, an exposure to the word. What you are doing right now is what is called exposure to the world. You are putting yourself in an environment where you can hear the word of God. That is how faith producing word is encountered. That's how you encounter the word of God that produces faith in your heart. Because when you open yourself to the word, the word begins to find a place in your heart. Number two, it's not just you exposing yourself to the word. It's you receiving the word. When the word is preached... When the word is delivered, you say, well, Lord, this word is for me. You receive it. The Bible says, as many as receive him. Not as many who are exposed to him. Not as many who understand who he is. As many who receive him. Those are the people that he gave the power to become the sons of God. Those are the people that enjoyed the benefits of that particular receiving. Number three. How do you receive the word that produces faith in your heart? Number three is to believe the word that you receive. It is one thing for you to expose yourself to the word. It's another thing for you to receive the word of God. It's another thing for you to believe that the word is for you. A lot of people hear the word, but they don't believe it's for them. They believe God can heal that person, but it's not talking about me. It's for the other person. You have to receive and believe the word. Look at that verse number 12 of John chapter 1. He said, as many as receive him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. He said, to those who believe in his name. There's a difference between receiving him and believing him. You can receive him, but you may not believe what he's saying. You can say, yes, come into me, I entertain you, I do everything, but I don't believe a word that is coming out of your mouth. You have to believe the word. For the word to deliver. Then number four is you have to digest the word. Look at verse number 14. He said the word became flesh. The word does not just become flesh because you just expose yourself to it. The word does not just become flesh because you read it one time. It has to become flesh when you digest it. When you eat the word. When you live on the word. When you feed on the word. When you allow the word to begin to work of transformation in your life. That is when the word becomes flesh in your life. And that means that you have to digest, you have to ruminate, that you have to meditate on the word of God. 
The word that produces faith in your heart is a word that you have digested. The word that you have understood. The word that flows in your spirit. And then finally, the word that produces results is the word that is expressed and is engaged. You have to say it out and you have to do it. The Bible says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We saw it. We interacted with it. We engaged it. We saw its expression. We had a conversation with the word. And the word dwelt among us. The word that will produce the result that you are looking for. The Bible passage that will produce the result that you are looking for in your life. Is the Bible passage that you expose yourself to. Is the one that you read. Is the one that you believe. Is the one that you engage. The one that you express. It is then and only then. That you can now begin to see the glory. Of that particular word. Look at that last part of the word. He said that, and with the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. You cannot see the glory of the word of God in your life until you have accepted, received, believed, and expressed it. You can hear the promise of God all day long. Unless you accept it, believe it, express it, nothing happens. It's just another word. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, We thank you for listening.